Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. This is Relationship Radio, an extension of Marriage Helper International, hosted by renowned marriage and relationship expert Dr. Joe Beam and CEO of Marriage Helper, Kimberly Beam Holmes. We answer your questions directly with research based principles that you can implement immediately. Regardless of the situation, what we teach will not only make your relationships better, but will also help you to become the best version of yourself along the way. Turn up the volume and prepare to take notes as we begin this week's episode of Relationship Radio. So what do you do? You've been working hard trying to save your marriage, but your spouse just has not reciprocated in the way that you hoped he or she would. Maybe they haven't moved back towards you at all. Maybe they're involved with somebody else and they're still doing it. Or maybe they came home, but they're still talking to the other person. Or if it was not infidelity, some other reason, they get back home and you find out that he or she is moving back toward being that same controlling person he or she used to be. Or they're back into the pornography that was the big problem or gambling or whatever it might have been. Is there ever a time when you finally just say, that's it. I am done with this. I'm going to get an attorney. I'm going to divorce you. Now, people will have different views on that based on their religious beliefs. Like my religion says I should do this. They'll have different views on that based on their own individual private morality, like what I believe is right and wrong, not necessarily what my church thinks, but what I think. Also, it can be affected by whether or not you think it's going to do something to your kids. There's all kinds of factors here. We at Marriage Helper fight hard trying to help people save their marriages. We do everything we can to help them save their marriages. But sometimes people are surprised when they look at me and say, okay, Dr. Ben, is there ever a time when it just has to end? And my response is, of course, it's always been your decision. I don't tell you what to do. But can there come a time? Are there situations where that sometimes that will occur? Yes. So when are those times? When do you make that decision? Now, again, we can't give you the hard and simple rules. Like if A happens and B happens and C happens, then you must divorce your spouse. We don't talk like that. We teach you principles. We teach you things to understand and think about. Then you have to figure out how it applies to your situation. We will not tell you what to do. And many things when it comes to relationships are much more of an art than a science. Mm. But we really wish to share some principles with you to help you understand that. I'm Dr. Joe Beam. Welcome to our program here. My good friend, my dear friend, Jim Porto is with me in the studio. He is my guest today. Jim has a company up in Virginia where he lives that is a company that helps businesses and organizations and leadership in many other ways. Jim is a relationship expert. He also works with us at Marriage Helper. He leads many of our workshops that we do for marriages in crisis. He and his wife, Shannon, are wonderful people. We love them dearly. But today, Jim, I hate to talk about this, but it's a question that comes up. Is there ever a time to pull the plug? And if so, when? 
Now, if you just answer that in the next 30 seconds, we can make this the shortest podcast ever. <laughs> All right. <laughs> or or yes, we can talk about the prisons. <laughs> when it's needed. Oh, so one more time. Yes, and when, <laughs> when it's, it's needed. Uh huh. Yeah. And, and yeah. thank you for being with us today. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. It's People the, are saying, okay, don't give us that stuff. Tell us what you're talking about here. Wow. 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 You know, um, it's, it's funny. And what I mean by that is more peculiar. Um, that the tolerance level of pain for people is as diverse as people. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, that's what this is all about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the relationship has deteriorated to a place where one or both people do not feel loved, like and respected. Um, they're in a place where they uh, um, are frustrated. Um, maybe they've been in a holding pattern for a period of time. We're seeing more and more of that when people see after their kids have kind of moved out of the house and things like that. <laughs> Um, you're finding you're finding where, where, where people are just in pain. And so uh, we don't want to be in pain. I mean, uh, some people do. That's a different podcast. But <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, we're and, not going to do that. Podcast. Joe's Ph.D. could actually probably elaborate more than mine could on that. But nevertheless, <laughs> but my input put rather. But um, but the, the truth is, we don't want to be in pain. We want to be out of pain. And it mm. is counterintuitive to endure pain for a better result. I mean, there's a reason for a while they used to have these T-shirts out, no pain, no gain, so to speak, Mm -hmm. because people would say, I'm not working out anymore. Crud, I worked out yesterday and I'm so sore today. I can't move, you know, not realizing that it was leading them to the better version of who they wanted to be. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I I feel like the greatest challenge uh, or one of the greatest challenges um, is the pain factor. How much can I endure or live with? Um, mm-hmm. What can I how can I how can I comprehend this better? Mm-hmm. And part of that part of that you just mentioned, which is uh, using that no pain, no gain. People tend to be able to handle pain better when they believe there's something it's going to accomplish. Oh, absolutely. If it's like I'm suffering for no good reason, we're not going anywhere, then I'm much, much more likely to abandon it. And I'm going to go do something else. This hurts too much as opposed to, oh, OK, this really hurts. But. I can see that some benefits really coming from it, and so I'm going to hang in there for a while. If you think about it, one of the principles that we teach is this. People don't leave what they have unless they believe what they're going to is better. Now, that's not a written law anywhere. It's not in your Bible. Don't go looking for it. It's not going to be in some psychology book saying (laughs) this is the way that everybody has to live. It's just a general principle of life that mostly applies. As a matter of fact, uh, I've I've been alive for like uh, 312 years now. I've been alive a long time. Wow, you look a day over 220. (laughs) (laughs) I mean that. I'm not lying. I mean that from my heart. (laughs) But I have never in my lifetime seen it fail. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I know there has to be exceptions, but I've never seen one. And the principle I'm talking about here is when I say people don't leave what they have unless they believe what they're going to is better. Most of the time we talk about that in terms of why did your spouse leave you? Well, because they perceive something else as being better. Mm-hmm. And how do you potentially get them back? Well, then you're going to ch- do things that hopefully will change their perception. So they see you as being better. But in this particular podcast, we want to talk about it in terms of knowing whether you should pull the plug in this thing or keep standing for your marriage. Now, again, we're still too broad. We're going to try to narrow this down. But uh, what about you? When would you leave this? Well, it will be when you see something else as being better. Now, let me say that because you're saying "Ah, that's still too vague. It is too vague. But let me go with it. We teach a thing called the PIES, P-I-E-S, physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual. A lot of us 
who have been through marriage problems have felt pain. And generally, Jim, this is a rule of thumb that I use and, and feel free to disagree. But a rule of thumb I use is this. When something goes beyond just hurting and starts doing damage. Mm, absolutely. Okay. Physically, intellectually, emotionally, or spiritually, because that pretty well covers body, mind, heart, and soul. Now, if you want to add some other dimensions, that's fine. This is not sacrosanct. But if, if the relationship you're in is doing you physical damage, and, and that could be because the other person's beating you and won't stop, won't get the help they need. Or it could be because of the fact that uh, your immune system's getting all screwed up because of all the tension that's going yeah. on with this. And now your body's beginning to malfunction. Or it could be that uh, you can't stop eating and now you're beginning to get problems from that or that you can't eat. And now you're beginning to get problems from that. I mean, the, or, or you started getting migraines you didn't have before and they're just debilitating. So I say, okay, one thing to look at is, is it causing you physical damage? And then intellectual, meaning your mind, the way you think, is is this affecting you to the point where you really can't function well in life? You can't hold a job. You can't have a, a conversation. Um, and I don't mean that you can't have any conversations, but it bothers you so much that intellectually you find yourself malfunctioning. Same with emotional, like you find yourself physically, de- uh, not physically, but emotionally distressed, like depression or ultra anxiety or many panic attacks, one after another or another. Spiritually, is it affecting you in your relationship about what you believe? Are your beliefs changing in a way that's not good? Therefore, affecting your morals, mm-hmm. what you believe that people should live by. So that now you find yourself out drinking and carousing, and so you're being spiritually damaged. Now, in this sense, the pies and the damage, you look at three different areas. Number one is you. You're important. Number two is if you have children or other people living in a home with you, then is it affecting them physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually? And then you look at your spouse. So, for example... If your spouse is being damaged in some of those ways, and actually you could help alleviate some of that by just finally setting him or her free, then sometimes just for the sake or the value of the other person, you do that. Now, remember, Jim said people have different pain thresholds. I said it a slightly different way when I said that uh, it's an art. It's not a science. Yeah. But when we start looking at these situations going, okay, when do you pull the plug? The, this criteria I just gave, if you decided you wanted to use that is, okay, that's when I decide using those things, I decide it's better that what I would go to is better than what I have. And that sometimes means just ending this so that I don't have any more damage. Now, understand that in, in the way we teach things, divorce does not necessarily mean that the marriage is over, but you should expect it to be. Yeah. What I mean by that is don't ever divorce thinking that's going to scare the other person and bring them and shape up, you know, they'll shape up and come back. If you divorce, you need to divorce thinking this is what's going to happen. But but it does not necessarily mean the end. Now, I probably sprung that on you for the first time there. So how did you react to what I just said there? Uh, I, I, it's, it's actually what I say, believe it or oh, not. Really? So in our coaching, um, it's not uncommon for me to use the phrase, um, you have to evaluate whether this is hurting you 
or if it's damaging you. Hmm. Uh, we can't. Life is full of pain. You cannot be immune from pain. In fact, in fact, pain is beneficial at times. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, we there are people I can't recall what the, the, the particular condition is, but they can't feel pain mm-hmm. and they actually harm themselves greater in the long run. They damage themselves. They burn themselves, break things. They don't even mm-hmm. know about it. Mm-hmm. So pain can be uh, somewhat of a positive thing. Um, I'm not framing your relationship that way. So we can't protect you from pain. And there's, there's, there, you're not going to make decisions that are going to keep you even in the best relationship pain-free. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. What we are trying to do, though, is be careful about the damage part. And that mm-hmm. damage part is the long lasting effect of it. Um, uh, I talk to people often who say, well, you know, he, you know, she and I fight so much that we're going to divorce because it's, it's hurting our kids. Um, and so one of the things and, and that's just one example. So one of the things I try to say is, is I, I want to relate it to a physical thing that happened with me, if I could share. Mm-hmm. Um, a number of years ago, I was suffering with this pain that went through my chest. It was like from my back to the front of my sternum. And it would be a really deep muscle type pain It was when I was driving a car or sitting a certain way. And then I begin to notice that my um, my right arm at times would begin to go numb. Um, I didn't know what it was. And so I went to my doctor and thought maybe I'd pulled something and they did tests. And he said, well, it's not your heart. It's not these kind of things. We're going to send you to a neurologist. And so when I went to the neurologist, they did an MRI and noticed that my C5, 6 and 7, the discs that were in between those were compressed and they were pushing against my spinal cord. Mm. And in the pushing against the spinal cord, the numbness and the and the radiating pain was a result of that. Hmm. So the numbness in my arm and the pain in my chest was a result of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he said, well, let's do some physical therapy. I said, well, I want to get rid of the pain. He goes, well, it's not going to go away right away, but that's the first step in doing it. So as we did the physical therapy, it didn't work. His next response to me was, we need to do surgery. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, what does that look like? He said, well, we're going to cut through the front of your neck, which, by the way, was confusing since the spinal cord and vertebrae were in the back. I thought that's kind of the long way, isn't it? <laughs> you need a map. I can help you. I can help you with this. But he said, we're going to cut through your neck, move your, vo- your, uh, your, your, your trachea, your, your windpipe on the side. And then we're going to go in there and pull that, that disc out. And we're going to do, and he described this surgery to me. And I thought to myself, Joe, I said, this guy, get away from me. Hmm. Uh, you're not touching me. That sounds terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, this is mm-hmm. a major surgery. He said, well, here's what you need to decide. Right now, your body is reacting to the situation. And you know what? For a period of time, you're going to be okay. At some point, though, that will become damage. Right now, if we do the surgery with some rehabilitation stuff, uh, you'll get your feeling back and that pain that's in your chest will go away. But at some point, if you don't address this problem, even if we address it later, the damage will still be there. Hmm. I never forgot that. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to relationship type damage, mm-hmm. um, I will often tell people um, that it's it, you really got to start looking at yourself of what's happening over a period of time. Um, so so we're not talking about, you know, I always say, well, people go, well, I've decided I'm going to divorce him or divorce her. Really? What were they decision? Well, they did this or we got in a fight. It's a response or a reaction rather mm-hmm. to an event. Right. Right. And, and that's seldom. I'm not going to say never, but that's seldom a good reason to do that. It may be the straw that breaks the camel's back, mm-hmm. but it's seldom a good reason to make that decision there. Most of those people go back. 
most of those people go, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have said that mm-hmm. because it really wasn't how they felt. It was a response, a reaction to the pain. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm with you. And so, so we don't want to react to an event or to a situation. What we want to do is step back from that. The pain is going to be there no matter what. Even if you say we're divorced, it's not like you sign the papers or you file and the pain goes away. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't. And, and so you're going to step back and look at it. What's happened to me over a period of time? Um, am I becoming bitter? Why am I becoming bitter? Am I becoming apathetic where mm. I just don't care anymore? Mm. I'll often tell clients, if, if next week you start feeling like I'm done with this, you've been, you've been standing for as long as you can and you just get done. You feel like you're being damaged that way. Feelings are going away. You're becoming bitter. You find yourself starting to find ways to bring pain into their life. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you see yourself community, your kids or different things are happening like that. It's, it's not the quick thing. I'm going to evaluate it for a period of time. And you see that happening. Look and see if you still feel that way consistently right? over the next month, two months. Mm-hmm. Remember, it, 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 it's okay to go a little slower there. Yes. Sometimes it's much wiser to go a little slower there. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And so not reacting to those things. So it may come to the same conclusion. It may. So on Tuesday, I'm divorcing her or him. Mm-hmm. And then a month and a half or two months later, you go, I'm still divorcing them. But at least you considered what was there. Right. For instance, you know, there's a big difference between um, absolute joy and fulfillment in a relationship. There's more than the choice of joy and fulfillment and divorce. Yeah, there's some things in between. There's a couple things you can do in the middle. (laughs) But the funny part, Joe, is so many people I miss miss that point. It's like, um, you know what? We're at the place and, and, you know, we're fighting or we're here, we're here. So we're just going to get a divorce. And I'm like, you know, there's a couple of steps in between that. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm glad the surgeon didn't cut my head off. That would have taken care of the numbness and the pain. Of course, I'd have been dead. And so the point of that is, you know, you can look at things. We can help you with that as coaches. But even if you sit back in yourself, um, there are ways that you can change interaction with one another that gives the space needed to evaluate on both ends, both sides. Mm-hmm. And that's important. Right. And so this thing that Jim was saying about reacting to an event, which it really is, it's a reaction. There's a principle that we, that written in a book by Susie Welch, it's called 10, 10, 10. Mm-hmm. And in 10, 10, 10, she says, before you make any decision, think about what you'll think about this in 10 months, 10, I'm sorry, 10 days, 10 months, and 10 years. And, and there are some people that if they really thought it through, if they took their time, they'd realize that what they're going to be thinking about this in 10 months is very different than be thinking about it now or even possibly in 10 days. Oh, yeah. So, for example, if if you're, um, say you're 65 years old and uh, you're not famous and you're not rich and you live in a very small town and your husband does something really stupid, let's say he has a one night stand with somebody, and, and which is just totally wrong and you can divorce him if you wish. But if we're looking at the difference between hurting and damage, okay, like I'm hurting a lot and I want to hurt you back. Trying to hurt another person back typically doesn't work out well for you. But if you think 10, 10, 10, you think, okay, I'm 65 years old. I'm overweight. I'm not rich. I'm not famous. I live in a small town. It may be then 10 months I want to have a companion. And my husband is begging me to forgive him. So maybe here the best decision is not to divorce him over this event. I'm really hurt, no doubt about it. But I'm I'm not damaged long term in the sense that I'm going to be physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually damaged so that I can't get 
well from. And so the decision there could be wiser to say, you you did a terrible thing and we got to work through some stuff, but I'm not going to divorce you for it, even though she could if she wished. Sure. So if you look at the terms, oh, and the thing that Jim mentioned about the kids, if if it's damaging the kids, then maybe the divorce is what you should do. But you need to also consider 10-10-10 on what kind of damage may happen to the kids if you divorce. Oh, man. So if if the kids, for example, if, the, if let's say the husband's beating the kids. Okay, I get that. We're going to get you away from there. We're going to divorce you because I'm not going to have my kids beat up. I'm not going to let it happen. Mm-hmm. All right. But let's say the kids are upset because you're fighting right now. I get it. You say, wouldn't that be damaging them? And Yes. But will it damage them more? If you wind up divorced, living apart, and a year from now, daddy has little to nothing to do with them at all. Because the statistics in America is after one year, one year after divorce, 25% of American fathers have little to nothing to do with their kids. So if you were, as Jim said, there's things in between. Okay, our fighting is hurting the kids. Okay, get some help. Yeah, it's not an either or. Exactly. You know, Joe, people are like, well, we fight like cats and dogs. We're terrible. And our kids shouldn't see this. And they'll tell me this in the workshop. People will tell me. And I say, you're absolutely right. They shouldn't see that. Amen. You're right. Yeah, I agree with you. So, you know, so the best thing we can do is divorce. And I just I can almost hear the game show buzzer. (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) How about. Quit being mean to each other. Yes. I mean, quit fighting like that. There is a way to fight with respect. There's a way to disagree with respect. There's mm-hmm. a way to work with each other. Mm-hmm. It, it, people do it all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know, basically, it isn't an either or. No. It's a decision to build something new and different and teach our kids mm-hmm. how to have conflict and there teach our kids how to show respect. It's, I mean, there are two things we do in life. We have kids and we get married and we have no prep except for whatever demonstration we saw around us prior to it. Mm. That's problematic. It, it definitely problematic. But to follow with what Jim's saying, because this is very insightful, figure out how not to fight in front of the kids and do this damage. And then what have you taught the kids? Hmm. People sometimes don't get along, oh. but they figure out how to solve their problems and be decent to each other. Whereas... You fight and then you divorce because you think, well, that's better for the kids. And the kids are thinking, oh, what I learned about life is if you can't get along, you just move on to somebody else. Mm-hmm. That's why we know that statistically, and it's not my research, there's ample research from many universities on this, that kids whose parents divorce have a much less commitment to marriage. Oh, yeah. Because it's like I learned early, or I learned somewhere in my childhood, that if you don't get along with each other, you don't try to solve it. You just go someplace else. <laughs> And and so you start looking at that going, okay, if we're thinking about the damage to the kids, think 10, 10, 10, 10 days, 10 months, 10 years. And for the kids, sometimes it's 30 years, 40 years. So if you back all this up, you say, what are you saying? We're saying that sometimes you do. Oh, yeah. And uh, can I be clear one thing? Uh, probably one of the more common um, excuses that I'm given of that we just got to get the divorce is about the kids. Um, and many times they're younger. And the, what I hear from them is my therapist told me or someone told me that kids are resilient. <clears throat> and, and you know, they are. So my brother, 
um, had a baby. He and his wife, rather, she had the baby. He just was but he there. was involved. In yeah, some I think he was. Yeah, yeah, you know. So and uh, and 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 uh, Ethan is just a great. I mean, he's like his uncle Jimmy. He's really smart and good looking. <laughs> uh, we're both short. Good. good. Uh, <laughs> nevertheless, um, he and I were playing, and I knocked him off the couch. He literally bounced off the table on his head, rolled across the room, and then stood back up. And I thought if that was me, I'd be in traction for about a week, right? Mm-hmm. He's resilient. He bounced mm-hmm. up. They're resilient when it comes to that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. The research, though, says that's not the truth when it comes to divorce. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not here to argue with you, okay? Um, and when you get a podcast and you have the mic, you can say what you want. <laughs> but the truth is, is, is that is not a fact. The fact that you're seeing is that the younger, um, and you, you, we talk about neuroplasticity, we talk about plasticity and things that happen in the mind and how the mind develops. When you think about that, they're actually in a more vulnerable state. That's right. At that point. And so when the younger the kids and the divorce happening in that time actually plants the seed and the possible predisposition to the inability to create intimate relationship. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so think about it this way. If if you um, decided to start smoking cigarettes, secondhand smoke with your kid. Then you read the research, and I don't know what the numbers are, so I'm going to make these up. That 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 increase that gives the kid a 10 percent chance he's going to get lung cancer just breathing your smoke. If you love your kid, then you're not going to smoke around the kid. Oh yeah, right? people just like no, I'm not smoking. Mm-hmm. But if we say the same research, or not the same research, but if we show you research about many different universities, not just in America, but around the world, we'll stick with American because that's our culture. And they say, hmm, you just increase by about. 40% the likelihood that your child's going to want to divorce someday mm-hmm. if you do this. And you go, no, they're resilient. They'll be fine. Well, then why don't you just blow the smoke in their face? They're resilient. They'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, just puff away. It's, but you're saying, but it's not 100%. Like, it's not 100% that my secondhand smoking is going to give them lung cancer mm-hmm. either. It's a matter of, hmm, how is what I'm going to do going to affect the future of my kids? So if if only if 80% of kids around secondhand smoke don't get lung cancer, that's great. But that doesn't give you the reason then to start smoking in front of the kids. No, no, no. And what we're saying is, is give it a chance. Exactly. What's, what's, what's the harm in doing that, Joe? What's the harm in saying, you know what? We do suck at fighting. Mm -hmm. So let's find the help we need. So let's get, let's, let's fix this. Let's figure out how to make it work. But even as we say this, I'm, I'm admitting and agreeing that sometimes you have to divorce to protect the kids. Yeah. You know, this idiot's beating my kid. Oh, later. Okay. It was a famous case here in, in Tennessee a few years ago where that a minister's wife shot her husband. Okay. And she went on trial for murder. And and as they went to the uh, all the things that had happened, one of the things that stood out to me in all that testimony was the fact that when he would get upset with the baby's crying, he would place his hand over the baby's nose and mouth so the baby couldn't breathe. Oh and when finally the baby just quit crying because now the baby's beginning to lose functioning, he'd let the child breathe again. Okay. Now I'm not, I'm not condoning murder. Okay. No. Don't misunderstand. And she didn't do it while he was doing that. She actually walked in behind him one day and shot him with a shotgun and she killed him. Now I can't even tell you if her testimony was true or not. I'm just saying, but when, when you read that, like this man threatened my child's life because he held where my baby couldn't breathe and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I'd say, okay, divorce might really be the answer here. Get your kids away from this person, male or female, who is damaging the child. But what Jim said, and it's a valid point, is 
Let's compare all these damages, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which does more damage. One other thing, Jim, I feel here, and that's this, and and, and I do see people divorce, and um, I don't turn against them. I don't make them where they're not my friends Mm -hmm. anymore. Of course not. My story is I divorced Alice back in 1984. By the grace of God, we remarried in 1987. So I'm not trying to make it sound like people who divorce are evil. I'm not trying to say that. But what really gets to me is when people don't tell the truth to themselves about why they're divorcing. It's like I'm divorcing for the sake of my kids when they know good and well that the real reason they're divorcing is because they want to do something else. So here's what I say. If you're divorcing your spouse because you want to go be with somebody else, you really need to rethink that. If you're divorcing your spouse because of the fact that that you have to make up some excuse to do it and not be honest with yourself, then you're probably on the wrong track. So our bottom line here is, okay, is it really going to be better than what you have? Mm -hmm. Is it really going to be better than what you have? And if you're not sure about that, consult some people who will help you think it through, who are not people that are just on your side no matter what. Yeah, that's good. You know, so we talked about resisting uh, making that decision um, that's event related, Mm -hmm. connected to an event. Um, uh, uh, you've heard us either read or heard via podcast or things that we've taught that, you know, we try to say, stay in the house as much as possible, stay together. Mm -hmm. But if you do find the need to separate, that is a next step that can occur. Of course, that complicates things when it comes to trust and just a number of other issues here. Here's the thing. Watch. And if separation comes into it, um, then, and you're saying, I want to see what happens. Well, here, watch. Then make the commitment, make the commitment that you will not even entertain a conversation with someone of the other sex, of the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. So because because re- remember, you're in a hurt, vulnerable place. You leave that relationship. There's going to be a certain amount of relief that will be there mm-hmm. in 10 minutes. I feel pretty good in 10 days. I feel pretty good. Yep. And then someone comes along. And is kind to us and accepting to us. And we begin to build attachment, affection, attachment for them. Mm-hmm. The chances of reconciliation begin to deteriorate. Even the separation deteriorates. Oh, of course it does. Because of the fact, as you said, you get some relief. Yeah. Now, is necessary? Is it sometimes necessary to separate? The answer is yes, it is. But what we're trying to say is it's not. The first option. <laughs> no. Separation is not the first option. Divorce is not the first option. Consider the other things. Sometimes, is it going to happen? Yeah, sometimes it is. But it, I think that you do better in life when you know, I did the, as much of the right thing as I could. So you feel better like, I, I didn't sabotage this. Oh, without a doubt. And, and, and we hear that. Mm-hmm. Hey, we came to the workshop because I want to say I've done everything I could do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd just like to personally say this, too, if you're listening today, if you're at a place where you're going, I'm really contemplating divorce. I want to I want to encourage you to give our office a call and talk to one of our coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, this isn't going to be life changing for us. This can be life changing for you. Why, Jim? Because we are going to listen and give you um, options to consider based on where you are, the timing, the space you're in and the circumstances that are connected with your particular relationship. Don't please, um, please do not listen to this podcast and say, oh, I've got all the information I need to make this decision right now. 
because we want you to be able to hear from the specifics that are needed. So I just want to encourage you to give our office a call. Let us at least help you in a couple sessions to at least process this and make sure that you've asked yourself the questions you need to ask in regards yes. to your family and yourself. Yes. Because you will divorce and tomorrow my life will be fine. Mm-hmm. It doesn't affect us. It doesn't. But we want to invest in you and make mm-hmm. sure that you've asked yourself the questions you may not even know to ask. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We want to be able to help there. And for those of you who say, but wait a minute, we went to our counselor, therapist, and our counselor said we should divorce. We strongly suggest you call and talk to our coaches please, first. Please, <clears throat> Not We don't know your counselor. We certainly can't sit in judgment on him or her. But I'm just saying that sometimes it makes a whole lot more sense to talk to somebody who can ask you some questions to get you to think things through. Mm-hmm. Because no counselor should ever tell you to divorce. Mm-mm. You say you people never tell anybody to do anything. Only when it is something so serious that you can't. Not. Yeah. <laughs> For example, you know, uh, my husband just shot me. Go to go to the emergency room. We'll tell yeah. you that. Yeah. Okay. And and call the police and, and, and we'll tell you that. We will tell people what to do when it's just clear like that. But when it comes down to a life decision like should I divorce him or should I try to work this out, nobody has the right to tell you what to do. No, no. But we will give you the information you need to process it. Mm-hmm. Ask you a lot of good questions. Gonna be honest. Give you a lot of information. We will not twist your arms. No. It is mm-hmm. your decision. So, you know, Joe, it's funny. I have um, a couple clients that have continued with me. Um, I have actually um, a, a client that has become a friend of mine. We've known him for about six years, five years. And uh, his his relationship with his wife did not make it. She mm-hmm. she just said no way. Mm-hmm. And she basically abandoned the family and left, disappeared. Mm-hmm. And that those things happen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and we became friends and began to work together in those kind of things. You say, well, why are you telling this? Because the divorce is not a death sentence. Mm-mm. Now, this is not to be encouraging and like, oh, good, I get to bring a new start type thing. But more of the fact of the attitude that we have is that we believe in you as human beings, as people. You've been fearfully and wonderfully created with an amazing potential. And, and that the relationship you have, I believe, has all the potential in the world to be not repaired, but actually rebuilt into something that is beautiful. OK, better than you can ever imagine. And I'm living that now. Joe gets to live that. And many hundreds, thousands of people get to live that that we've gotten to work through. Watch. But the thing about what's happened now is my friendship was able to be developed with a person who went through this divorce, could not apply these things. Yet we're good friends now. Mm. And now five years later, he's moving into a relationship in which he is strong. There's respect. There's love. There's like. Why? Because he switched zip codes or people. No, because he's a healthy person, yeah. even though he went through that. And it was a direct connection based on what he told me with being connected with a group that didn't judge, didn't push aside. And that's who we are. We're not going to judge you for where we are, where you are. Um, we're all a little screwed up. Everybody, you know, everybody on the planet is screwed most up. Most of us are. <laughs> I have a degree a, in a it. baby in arms is not screwed up, but just wait. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But as soon as it, it, pretty soon it does. You ever notice you never have to teach a baby to lie? <laughs> no, you don't. Hey, where'd you get that cookie? I got it for you, you little liar. <laughs> hey, we're, we're not anti-baby either, okay? Oh, no, no. I don't want any at 50, well, but, you know. Uh, I hope you understand what we're saying here. So what happens if you want a divorce? You want to be able, in my opinion, and this is Beam's opinion, I'm saying that, you, you know, it's up to you. But I would think you'd want to be able to look yourself in the mirror and go, 
Okay, I wasn't perfect, mm-hmm. but I did everything I could. Everything I could. I married a celebrity couple a few years ago. As a matter of fact, years go fast. This was 10 years ago. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like it was yesterday. And at their wedding, which they had other celebrities sitting in the audience, you know, I said, uh, the reason that you found each other is because you were both so faithful in trying to save your first marriages. Because I would work with both of them, and they both tried hard. Mm-hmm. And, and they were able to look at themselves in the mirrors and go, okay, I'm not perfect. But I, I did the right things. And and he or she still, you know, moved on up to divorce. And about a, you know, a couple of years after that, I was visiting with that same celebrity couple after that wedding. And uh, she said, I never knew what it was like to feel loved until now. So God, if you're a Christian you know, or even Jewish or whatever you understand God to be, I'm a Christian, is that you get blessed for doing the right things. Absolutely. And if the marriage winds up where it can't make it, you do the right things then good things are going to come for you somewhere down the line. I can't promise you that you'll get married, but I just know that that in life you reap what you sow. Yeah, yeah. So do the right things. And if you need a divorce, please call our coaches and talk to them first. Yeah. Please. Yeah, and we're here for it. Regret, we don't escape regret. Um, mm. Our lives will have regret, but there's something different between regret, regretting something that was out of our control mm-hmm. and regretting something that we could have had an influence in. Mm-hmm. That second guess influences so many different things. And, and we, we just want to help you. That's what we're here for. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Relationship Radio. Please refer to the notes in the description to learn more about any resources mentioned in this episode. Please visit our website at marriagehelper.com for more information about our online courses, marriage workshops, and coaching. We exist to help save marriages and strengthen families. We look forward to interacting with you on the next episode of Relationship Radio.